looking through the lens of a Saints fan, I think when Sean Payton retired, I would have looked at him with a lot of admiration. But a year later, now that he's back in the NFL, I'm I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. And something about the way the whole thing played out doesn't sit like well. It's not like I'm pissed or I think he's a horrible person or whatever. It's just this little thing I can't put my thumb on just doesn't feel quite right. Lots to get to, including takes on Sean Payton, the potential of Derek Carr to the Saints. We have some thoughts on the Senior Bowl. All that coming up next. But first and foremost, welcome into the show. It's the Saints Wire podcast. Great to be back on here for another off-season edition. It's Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my good friend, John Sigler. John's the managing editor of USA Today's Saints Wire. Uh, John, it's been a couple weeks, man. Uh, And I'm glad we weren't on here last week because you just would have made fun of me and ridiculed me about Tom Brady and, uh, you know, his weird tweets and his retirement. So, but it's too late now. It's like old news now, John. So you can't really do that. Uh, but it's been a couple of weeks. How the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic, Ryan. Thank Good to be back on the show. And, uh, you know, I'll have to make up for lost time with the Brady slander whenever we have time for it. <laughs> There's no one better at it. Uh, we have a lot on the agenda here. Uh, and, you know, number one, first and foremost, John, I think Sean Payton, we did Sean Payton watch, uh, you know, throughout the season, throughout the off season, throughout January. And now we can finally put a bow on it. He has been introduced as head coach of the Broncos and we have the compensation. We haven't covered this yet, John. So I want to get your opinion, right? So the saints get number 29 overall in this year's draft and a second round pick from Denver. Good. But the Broncos did get the saints to send a third rounder back to complete the deal. So in terms of how the saints made out in this trade too little or just right in your opinion, you know, it was frustrating to send a pick back. I, it seems like Nikki Loomis does this more often than anybody else, but obviously that's just due to do the proximity with, with me uh, covering all these moves. Um, it, it's frustrating to do that, but if you look at it through the lens of, well, we've upgraded that pick from the third rounder to a second rounder, it, it's not too bad. And honestly, I'm not going to let something like that make me look at this as anything but a success because all along I was concerned that the Saints wouldn't be able to get a first rounder at all for Sean Payton here. Um, I, I just didn't know that teams were going to be willing to pay that uh, kind of price for him or that they would be able to find a trade partner this year when they really need a first rounder this year. Uh, so that, that because they were able to accomplish that, that, the trade is a win to me. Getting that second uh, rounder next year, uh, getting back in the second round because the Saints traded their their uh, pick in, in that frame to the Eagles, uh, that is a really big advantage. So I'm, I'm, I was really pleased to see that. Um, wish they hadn't given up the third rounder, but I'm honestly, I'm not going to scuttle this trade over a third round pick. So yeah, th- th- this is a win for the saints to me. Hopefully they, they can uh, add some talented players, kind of restock, uh, the cupboard a bit and, uh, you know, get back to playing competitive football. It feels like a win. It feels like the going rate. It, it was fine. Um, maybe it doesn't knock a lot of saints fans socks off John, because a lot of saints fans were hoping for like what? Colts or, or Houston, right? They're hoping for the top five pick. Yeah, never they, they felt were hoping for yeah. the top five pick or for, or for multiple first round picks. Right, and right. that just wasn't realistic. That wasn't going to happen and kind of had to reset the expectations a little bit there. But, you know, hey, we, we, we got a first round pick. We're back in we're back in the first round this year. Uh, honestly, that, that that's probably the best you could hope for. And hopefully the Saints can make the most of it. Thank you, Sean Payton. You got us a, our first round pick back. At least, well, we sh- we would have been picking a lot earlier in this round, John. But anyway, we got a first round pick again. Fine. Uh, now that it's all said and done, right? Now that it's over, the compensation is settled. Payton has been introduced in Denver. All of that. Uh, from the perspective of a Saints fan, John, I feel like Sean Payton's starting to feel more like a villain than uh, than a hero, right? I mean, because he was kind of a hero, right? I mean, 
the dude could do no wrong in New Orleans. He basically had a key to the city after what he accomplished with the Saints in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, bringing a Super Bowl to the city, all those winning seasons he brought to New Orleans, bringing them you know, into annual contention. I mean, all of that. You would think the Saints fans would give Peyton the benefit of the doubt, let him do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to move on from New Orleans, fine. Uh, but I don't know, for some reason, John, just the way this whole thing played out is dragged out for a while. And to me, now that he has been officially introduced in Denver, something feels a little off to me, right? I just There's something about this whole situation that I don't think Sean Payton comes off like smelling like roses at all. It's, there's something about this that I feel like he, it's, he's not looking great in this situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think a lot of Saints fans had the assumption that you know they would never that, that Sean would be traded to Denver and they would never see or hear anything about him ever again. You know, you know, they're they're divorced at that point. He's gone. He's in a different city. That relationship is over, and that that's just not the case. You know, we're seeing that with all of these assistant coaches that he's trying to hire away, and you know, we're seeing him talking about the Saints at length in in his opening press conference, which makes sense because you know that that is his frame of reference for the job that he holds with the Broncos. Um, And yeah, so he's going to continue to, you know, be a part of, uh, you know, this, uh, of of Saints news for a while, you you know, until the the Saints themselves start to take action and process roster moves and get their, get their own off season up and running. um, We're going to continue to hear a lot about Sean Payton and, and, you know, it's, it's frustrating to see him, you know, pulling guys off of the staff here. Um, but at the same time, it makes sense that that's where he would go first, lo- looking to fill out his own uh, staff with the Broncos. And at the same time, it's not like he's really taken anyone who is irreplaceable for the Saints. You know, we're talking about the assistant offensive line coach, and we're talking about the the offensive analysts who, you know, set up cones before practice and go grab lunch for everybody. And it's not like he's taking coordinators and uh, scouting directors and all that like that that's not the case and ironically there a lot of saints fans would probably be relieved if he tried to take Pete carmichael uh, (laughs) as as the offensive coordinator right um but i don't believe that's going to happen the saints will probably block that move because then they would have to hire an oc this late in the process and that doesn't appeal to them so yeah you know i i completely understand the the friction and the frustration there um but to me this kind of feels like something we should have seen coming. I like Sean Payton. You know, I do. And I think he's entertaining. And I, I just, I didn't feel like I, he would be this annoying. You know, I just, I'm, I'm yeah. glad this is all, it's all played out now, John, and, and it's done because he went from being burned out and needing a break from coaching to being ready to coach again real quick, right? Like we were talking before we hit record, his retirement lasted less than a year, less than one year. <laughs> so he's like, he's like my new iPhone 14, right? He's charged up in an hour, John, right? Like he is back. He's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I mean, we're happy he got us some compensation, but he, again, you're right. He can't get the Saints out of his mouth. All he does is talk about how, how much he appreciated his time in new Orleans, how much he loved the Bensons, how tight he is with Mickey Loomis. But yet he, here he is with another team again, less than a year later. And just the theatrics of how this whole thing played out this off season, like seeing Sean Payton's face on TV, no nonstop telling us that, you know, he's not coaching this year. He's not ready yet. He's going to return to Fox Sports. But clearly, he wasn't telling that to all his media mouthpieces because they had reports that he was returning. And, you know, one media outlet, John, would report one thing and a an, different one would re- report the complete opposite. And I think folks over, at least in the Denver media, got some, some fans probably know which ones they should follow now because I think some 
Broncos media members got exposed because there was just reports coming all over the place. And the whole thing kind of felt like a show, right? And I know Peyton gets a kick. We've talked about this a lot. He gets a kick out of trolling and all that. And I, I think he totally does. And you know, you brought up to me uh, before we hit record again about the orange tie he wore, you know, right before the <laughs> AFC championship game, all that. He's definitely trolling. That's that's what Sean Payton does. And I like his personality. I, I that's part of the reasons I like Peyton. But it does come off disingenuous, does it? Doesn't it? It does feel disingenuous. And I, I don't know. You you mentioned the siphoning of Saints coaches and you know, maybe it's not the big names, but you know, Ronald Curry's gonna talk to him, right? And and some of yeah. these other names. So Looking through the lens of a Saints fan, I think when Sean Payton retired, I would have looked at him with a lot of admiration. But a year later, now that he's back in the NFL, I'm I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. And something about the way the whole thing played out doesn't sit like well. It's not like I'm pissed or I think he's a horrible person or whatever. It's just this little thing I can't put my thumb on just doesn't feel quite right about how this whole thing went down. Um, and I again, I just can't quite put my finger on it. But there's just something about Sean Payton that's been bugging me uh, since this whole thing went down. Yeah, you know, it, it was a little irritating that, you know, he was so burnt out that he needed to step away and he couldn't just couldn't stay here any longer. And then 10 months later, he's building a coaching staff in a new city. There and it is. It's, yes. It's, or, or he was so burnt out, but the Dolphins lost a first round pick because they were tampering with him, trying, <laughs> trying to get, <laughs> trying to get, get, get him uh, j- just last year, you know. Right. Um, so I, I completely understand the frustration and the irritation there. Um Certainly, I, I wish that it would have played out a bit differently where, you know, it would have been a clean separation and he's doing his thing and the Saints are doing theirs. And I don't have to write, you know, five articles about Sean Payton every day. Um, and just seeing this whole process with, with the media and every, everything that he's done as far as working sources and outlets and, you know, saying one thing, doing something else and all that. I mean, I mean, the game is the game at that point. And the, the Broncos are, are just as guilty of that as well. You know, you know, whenever you've got Denver media guys talking about off-field concerns with Peyton, um, and then they're shaking his hand at the press conference or whatever it may be. <laughs> sure. Um, it, it, it's all kind of a circus. It's all dramatic, very theatrical. Um, it, it's entertainment. And, you know, sports are entertainment. And it's not all – not everything about it is always for everyone. So – Hopefully that that's all in rear view now and we can uh, c- kind of move, move on and see where, where the Saints go from here. Because, you know, Dennis Allen is starting to make, make some moves and really make this coaching staff his own staff rather than one that he inherited from Sean Payton. Yeah, and I thought you were going to trigger yourself when you mentioned Pete Carmichael, John. So I don't, I don't even know if you want to touch that topic, but he's back. He's back as OC. Speaking of Dennis Allen's staff. Yeah, Pete. Pete is here to stay uh, another year. Um, you know, half the league it feels like is looking for an offensive coordinator or uh, re- revitalization on that side of the ball. And from the Saints' perspective, it's well, if if half the league is in, is is invested here, then we, there wouldn't be much uh, left over for us if we got involved. And I, I don't really like that take because to me, it feels like you're scared to compete and that you don't. Uh, have any faith in your connections and your ability to recruit people. And it's just like, man, like you couldn't find a uh, Todd Monken. Like you couldn't find a, uh, you know, wherever a uh, Jay, uh, um, Jay Gruden is in Cancun, presumably like you couldn't, you couldn't find somebody to bring in uh, to the offense. And so they're stuck with Pete and their plan apparently is to get him a better quarterback and see if, he uh if, if the offense can pick up some steam and 
if they, if they can make something happen on on that side, well, Da really focuses all of his attention or as much of it as he can on the defense. Well, just to put a bow on the Sean Payton uh, piece, uh, John, the NFL's better with Sean Payton in it. So I think it's it's. I'm glad he's back. It's going to make for some good fodder uh, and, and all that. So, like you said, he is he is one of the most entertaining. Uh, guys, and you know, hopefully you're not still writing Sean Payton articles all season long. Hopefully that you know we can actually move on. But now John Heath over at Broncos Wire is going to have a lot of fun because Sean Payton is a is a riot and he is a character. Um, and it'll be fun to see what happens over in Denver for sure. Uh, but speaking of Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael and the Saints offense, they're kicking the tires on Derek Carr. So that's another big topic that I want to hit on here, John. Get your opinion on. Uh, The Saints were reportedly set to host Carr at the team facility on Wednesday of this week. So that's February 8th, which will give them about a week if they decide that there is mutual interest there and they want to bring them in and they want to do it by trade. They'd have to do it by February 15th because that's the the self-imposed deadline the Raiders have. I guess if they don't get a deal done by February 15th, right, they're going to just cut them. And then Raider uh, Carr would become a free agent. So what do you think about this whole situation with Derek Carr and how, what do you think is the most like, logical way for him to make his way to the saints if there is mutual interest there yeah so i can see both sides of it from the saints wanting to trade for him versus uh wait waiting it out to sign him as a free agent where you don't have to give up anything um as far as compensation i I can see both arguments here personally i would rather they wait and uh, just sign him straight up because that way you you get to hold on to your draft picks and you you can kind of get a sense of what the market value is for for him um and then you're not, you know, uh, bidding against yourself in working out an, an extension with him because he's going to have to sign a new contract uh, or, or redo his deal at least upon being traded. So that that's the way I would take it from the Saints' perspective. I feel like they're so desperate to get a quarterback that they feel like they can trust that they're going to try and trade for him and find a way to maybe take have the Raiders pay some of that salary this year, which which is uh, thirty two point nine million dollars. Um, find a way for the Raiders to pay some of that. That way, they can get they can get Carr into the building as soon as possible. They don't have to worry about other teams um, getting involved, potentially raising the price, um, or, or even outbidding them altogether. Uh, just straight up take uh, taking them right off the field. So I, I could see that being the way they're looking at it. Um, but everything being reported right now is that New Orleans is a front runner and that they're the only team that he has scheduled a, a, a visit with. Um, right now, here, here as we record on Wednesday, he is at the team facility in, Met, in Metri and he they're, they're going over all this. They're, you know, they're talking with his agent about the contract and their, their vision and his supporting cast. And there are so many ripple effects attached to this. It's, it's just fascinating because if they can get an established quarterback like Carr you have to think that their whole team building approach, you know, shifts because then, you know, do you uh, go back to Michael Thomas and find a way to keep him around uh, for another year and and pair him up with Derek Carr and see if uh, he can kind of revive his career a bit? Um, How do you approach the draft? Are you more aggressive uh, moving up the board, targeting playmakers? Um, There, there's so many ramifications here. It's, 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 it's really fascinating. And, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent on Carr just as a quarterback because I, I, I think he's very much like a mid-tier guy. He's probably the 15th or 16th best QB in the league. Um, and, and he has had games where the Raiders have lost because of him. 
but he is a better option than who the Saints have right now. You know, you know, he's younger than Andy Dalton. He's more accomplished than Jameis Winston. Um, he's someone who I, I could totally see running the offense and doing well because he played well in a similar system with with a John Gruden a few years back. So that that would make a lot of sense to me if, if that's the direction they go. Um, and really, that has to be the first domino that falls because the you, you know this is the highest priority here. Uh, we're doing a big uh, group piece he- here with the NFL Wire Network about, about every team's uh, number one free agent that their t- fans should hope their team signs. And I said Lamar Jackson because you know you've got to have a a, a quarterback you, you Perfect. believe in. Perfect he, one. He's, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be the best on the market. And you know, you know, and I know that feels unrealistic with the Saints cap situation, uh, but they're in the exact same spot. They were actually they're in a better spot last year because last year they were over the cap by one hundred and one million dollars, and this time they're only over by fifty eight. And they they can open up just as just as much room in, in, in under the cap to fit Derek Carr's contract hit his cap hit um, or to fit. Lamar Jackson on the franchise tag. You know, both of those numbers come in very similar. Assuming that uh, Lamar is is tagged and would have to be traded and sign an extension and all this. Um, so to me, that's just as possible here. And we, you know, we saw the Saints in a tight spot last year, and they, they made a full court press to go try and get uh, Deshaun Watson. So I fully expect them to, to be aggressive here. Uh, if they can't get Carr, I think I think that's the direction they could pivot to. Um, that, you know they're going to to explore all all options and opportunities here to try and uh, answer the biggest question facing them this offseason. Oh, I'm just been uh, I've been blacked out um, picturing Lamar Jackson in a Saints uniform and it looks uh, gorgeous, John. It does, it looks doesn't it? Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, I'm just picturing <laughs> it in my head. You know, Derek Carr, he looks good in black too, right? From the, his Raider, I mean, he would look good wearing black, that black jersey for the Saints too. Uh, yeah. But I think the question is. Uh, and I think black Saints, and gold, silver and black. Okay. They're, they're all <laughs> yeah. Give me black and gold all day. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I don't want F- Saints fans to cringe while they listen to this. Right. And I'm certainly not an Andy Dalton guy at all. And I agree with you. I think Derek Carr is an upgrade over Andy Dalton for a lot of reasons. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, but Dalton did somehow, John, <laughs> rank ninth in the NFL in QB rating last year. Meanwhile, Derek Carr with Josh McDaniels calling the plays and Devontae Adams operating against his top target was 24th. He had 14 picks in 15 games. He's coming off a, I mean, he's had such a bad year that he got benched for Jarrett Stidham. So, and believe me, I'm a Patriots fan. I know how bad Stidham is. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, and it, this isn't me throwing my weight behind like another season of Dalton. I want the Saints to come up with another quarterback. It's just, I think the question of, okay, so Derek Carr is an upgrade over Dalton, but how much does he move the needle, right? Does he get you? Is it enough that he gets you to back to the NFC South championship? So at least you are in the playoffs, right? Is that how much he moves? Because I don't think he moves you to Super Bowl contention, right? I think it's like that next tier down. So is that good enough for the fan base? You know, I think it would be because you, you, that, that's that's just where you start. You know, you, you've got to get to the playoffs before you can worry about when it, whether or not you can win the Super Bowl. And the Saints have missed the playoffs two years in a row now. And they have lost games because of their quarterback situation. They have not won many games because of their quarterback lately. Um, at least with Carr, he plays well enough to where you can win because of him every now and then. Yeah, you're going to lose games because every, occasionally. Um, but we lost a lot of games with Dalton. We lost games because of Jameis Winston. We lost games because of Trevor Simeon and Ian Book and Taysom Hill. And we, we, we've kind of run through this uh, this conga line of mediocre quarterbacks. And if, if if you can get Carr and he is the 
the 12th best QB in the league, throwing to all, all these weapons that we have in New Orleans with Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, um, Alvin Kamara, you know, Juwan Johnson, Michael Thomas, potentially. If, if, if he can be, if he can run the offense effectively, kind of return to the level of play we saw from him a, a few years back in John Gruden's system, that, that very similar West Coast uh, style offense, um, I, I think that's acceptable because one thing we can say that New Orleans offers him that no Raiders team he's ever played for does is the defense. He's never played with the defense as strong as what the Saints have built. And that's going to give him opportunities to, you know, win, win games and to kind of take some of the pressure off for him being the only their only chance at winning a game, a game here and there. And I, I think I do think that would be enough to back to the playoffs. Certainly, he would be the best QB in the division upon joining the Saints as uh, as things stand right now. Um, but the work's not done there. You know, they would they would still need to have a good offseason in, in free agency in the draft. Um, you know, continuing to rebuild this coaching staff, and the work's not done. But to me, this would be a big step in the right direction. I think if they end up with Derek Carr, John, I'd be I wouldn't be pissed. Whereas if they ended up with Dalton again, I would be. <laughs> I'd be. Yeah. I would hate that yeah. for Saints fans. I just would. Even if the plan was to like make a, a corresponding move in the draft or whatever, I, I would still hate if Andy Dalton was the guy to start this year. So one thing that Card, I mean, with Derek Carr, don't you feel like there's just some type of untapped thing with him? Like there is something. Like he'll he'll be kind of like having a one of his mediocre or to bad years and. Maybe he'll be in a game where he's not playing very well, but then the Raiders have a chance late in the game and Carr turns it on and he like leads these crazy game-winning drives. He's really good at that thing. Actually, I was in Vegas for that crazy Raiders-Patriots game this past season where the Patriots oh, had yeah. the game won and Carr rallied him back with some crazy touchdown and the Patriots screwed it up on the last play. Uh, and that was the game. So Carr does have that like that gene at the end of games where it comes out. And if you could just figure out a way to like untap that potential, I think he could be pretty good. And yeah, again, when you have the pieces around him, like an Alvin Kamara and and a defense, then then yeah, maybe you are onto something. So Derek Carr would be a, a huge upgrade. But I just know the Saints fans that they're not rooting for the Saints to trade uh, draft compensation for Derek Carr, right? Right, John. They're rooting for the Saints to trade draft compensation to go get C.J. Stroud, right? That's that's what the Saints fans really want. They want C.J. Stroud. I don't know if that's possible, but any mock draft, and there is one up on Saints Wire that I'm looking at right now. Any mock draft that has the Saints trading up and landing C.J. Stroud is a is a immediate home run A plus draft in the in the eyes of Saints fans, right? C.J. Stroud greater than Derek Carr. Yeah, for for a lot of fans that would be. Um, there, there are still some people who scout helmets instead of prospects, and they and they say, oh well, there's never been a good Ohio State quarterback, and it's it's like, come on, dude. Like, if, I mean, if that were if if that's how this worked, then every Texas Tech quarterback. Uh, w- would would be as, as great as Patrick Mahomes. And that's that's just not how it works. And right. you know, Stroud is is a top prospect in this draft. If things worked out the way it did for uh, for Ross Jackson when he put this this projection together where uh, Stroud falls to, to number 6 and um Will Levis somehow got drafted ahead of him and, and the Saints were able to make it make a trade uh, that that would be fantastic. And and the the comp, the comparison that Ross looked at was uh, actually the Atlanta Falcons Julio Jones trade uh, a decade ago and how they were able to jump all the way up the board and get their guy. And so, so you know, we've seen big leaps like this happen before. Um, I could totally see it happening. Um, just knowing how who runs this team and ha- how aggressive they like to be, um, 
it's certainly a scenario that that could happen, but, but uh, gosh, it would be, it would be unprecedented <laughs> for the saints though. Yes. Um, and just because they don't have a history of drafting quarterbacks at all, you know, they, they drafted Archie Manning and they, they drafted uh, Gary Grayson and Ian book, and that's about it. <laughs> and, and that's not a very great track record. Um, at, at least since Archie's uh, day way back when. So, you got to think that turns around eventually. If this is the way it happens, where they're able to make that move uh, up up for Stroud, and he's the guy for the next ten, fifteen years, I think that would be terrific. Yeah, that'd be fun. The Saints might not have a history of drafting quarterbacks, John, but they do have a history of trading up and doing that thing, right? So and drafting Buckeyes. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So uh, never say never. And the draft is going to be fun. It's it's getting it's going to be here before we know it. And the mock draft season is definitely upon us. And it's it's fun to see the updated mock drafts now that were post Senior Bowl, John. Now Saints Wire did a great job covering Senior Bowl. You had folks with boots on the ground, right? Ross Jackson, he just mentioned. Matty Hudak was out there as well. Uh, so you guys were all over it as usual. Uh, just give me some, give me give me a name or two coming off the Senior Bowl weekend that you think uh, could be a prospective prospect for the Saints and and maybe with one of their first couple picks. Man, the guy I'm a really big fan of coming out of the Senior Bowl is Sidney Brown. He's a defensive back from Illinois. Um, the guy was all over the place, and he looks he looks like an, like a Saints uh, DB. I mean, he he moves really well uh, laterally and vertically. Um, he he is so experienced. You, you know, he he's he's only 22, but he's he started all five years that he was he he was uh, at Illinois, and he is. You know, just a really, really impressive uh, young player. He has over 3,100 defensive snaps played in his career. <laughs> that, 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 that's wild. Wow. Um, so he's seen everything, and he's played from so many different alignments. Like, I could totally see the Saints drafting him in the second round. Uh, in day one, he is your starting uh, corner in the slot. And he and you, you prepare him to take over for, you know, Marcus May or Tyron Matthew in a year or two because both of those guys are on three-year contracts. And he would just be such an easy fit in the secondary and the way the Saints play fo- play football. Um, I would love to see it happen. And man, he he just he feels like someone who really made the most of his opportunity. And hopefully, the Saints were playing were paying close attention because I'm really high on this kid coming out of the Senior Bowl. Yeah, so there's great stuff on Saints Wire. F- folks should definitely check out uh, stuff on mock draft, stuff on Senior Bowl. It's all right there. And I guess now we could officially retire Sean Payton Wire, right, John? Because that's what we were yeah, for a while yeah, here. It, it's what are, now we're Derek Carr Watch. I was going to say, is it now Derek Carr Watch, right? That's what we're going to be doing for the next next week or so. We're going to be following these yeah. reports and seeing if there's there's real smoke there. Yeah, we'll, we'll be on top of it. Make sure you guys keep up with us here at Saints Wire, and uh, hopefully we'll have some good news to share with you. Well, when that news breaks, we will be back on here to talk about it, of course. Uh, for John Sigler, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.